It's Tuesday, March 26th. Welcome to our new podcast, Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're taking a look at health care. The Trump administration says it agrees with a federal judge that the Affordable Care Act is unconstitutional and should be struck down. We'll connect the dots on what this can mean for the ACA and what's at stake for millions of people. Then, earlier today, prosecutors dropped all charges against Empire actor Jesse Smollett. It was a bombshell, and it's controversial. We'll explain. And finally, why the all-female staff of a Vatican magazine is walking out. We're here to make your Tuesday smarter. Let's skim this. The most complex story today is about healthcare. Yesterday, the Justice Department told a federal appeals court in Texas, and effectively the whole world, that it agrees with a judge in Texas who ruled that the Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare, should be invalidated, meaning it should be struck down entirely. But this is a shift for the Trump administration. And more than 11 million people who signed up to get their health insurance this year through the ACA and a bunch of other people are watching and waiting. We're going to get into it. One, what's the backstory to this move by the Justice Department? Two, how Democrats and Republicans are responding to this? And three, what's at stake here? Okay, so what's the backstory? In 2017, after President Trump took office, Republicans were in control of both houses of Congress and the White House. And for many lawmakers, repealing Obamacare and replacing it with something else had been a campaign promise. Many Republicans said that ACA costs were too high and that it was hurting business owners and families and wanted to get rid of it. But a handful of Senate Republicans, including the late Senator John McCain, didn't want to replace it. They disagreed with the process by which Senate Republicans were trying to get rid of it. So despite Republicans having a majority of the votes, the vote to get rid of the ACA failed. After that, Republicans in Congress backed off from repealing it entirely. In part because Obamacare was becoming more popular, especially the part of the law that protected people with pre-existing conditions, preventing insurance companies from denying people coverage just because they had health issues like asthma or diabetes or cancer. But in 2017, Republicans did pass a rule that got rid of another key component, the rule that says, If you don't get health insurance, you have to pay a tax penalty. When Republicans passed their big tax law in 2017, they got rid of that penalty. But here's the thing. The Supreme Court upheld the ACA in 2012 because of this tax penalty. They said that requiring citizens to have insurance was a legitimate use of the government's power to tax. So after Congress in D.C. got rid of that penalty, Republicans at the state level who were still looking to get rid of the Affordable Care Act jumped into action. 18 state attorneys general and two governors sued the Trump administration, saying that now that the tax penalty was gone, the ACA should be gone too. And in December, a judge in Texas agreed with them. And now the Trump administration is actively saying, we're not going to defend the law. Yeah, we want it gone. Which brings us to part two. How are Democrats and Republicans responding to this? In his State of the Union address in February, President Trump said this. The next major priority for me and for all of us should be to lower the cost of health care and prescription drugs and to protect patients with pre-existing conditions. That got a huge applause, including from top House Democrat Nancy Pelosi. 
Today, she's gone after the president, saying that Republicans are flip-flopping, saying they want to keep protections for pre-existing conditions, but then want to strip the entire ACA. The top Republican in the House, Kevin McCarthy, defended the president, saying he's still in favor of protecting benefits for people with pre-existing conditions. This afternoon, Democrats unveiled a package of updates to the ACA that they've been planning to announce for a while. The package has a couple of things in it that could get bipartisan support. One bipartisan proposal would provide federal money to states that haven't set up their own individual markets yet. But there doesn't seem to be an immediate bipartisan plan in Congress to replace the ACA if it gets overturned by the Supreme Court. Which brings us to part three. What would happen if it was repealed? Right now, there are 11.4 million people signed up for healthcare on the ACA exchanges. If the ACA is repealed, their insurance would go away. But it's not just them. 12 million people have insurance because their states expanded Medicaid. So that people who make too much money to qualify for Medicaid, but don't make enough to afford insurance, can get insurance. They could be hurt too. Republicans are saying that wouldn't happen, that the Trump administration has a plan in place to send grant money to states so they can run their own health insurance plans. But if the entire ACA is canceled, there are also a lot of other popular provisions that could be gone too like staying on your parents' health insurance for people under 26, cheaper Medicare and prescription coverage for senior citizens, break time and private space for nursing mothers, and for many people, free mammograms and birth control, and assured coverage for people with pre-existing conditions. So what's the skim? On a national level, right now the ACA is still the law of the land. We're waiting for the federal appeals court to decide whether or not it should be. After that, this could end up going to the Supreme Court. And for you personally, the ACA affects all kinds of things, not just insurance coverage. So if it's overturned by the Supreme Court without there being a replacement, that could impact millions of Americans, whether you buy insurance through an ACA exchange or not. So this next story is full of twists and turns, almost like an episode of Empire. Cook County prosecutors announced today that they were dropping all charges against Jesse Smollett, the actor from the Fox show Empire, who had been accused of staging a hate crime against himself and lying to the police. Smollett spoke outside the courtroom after the emergency hearing this morning. I've been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. I would not be my mother's son if I was capable of one drop of what I've been accused of. Let's jump right into the three things you need to know about Smollett's case. First, let's go back to the beginning. Back in January, Smollett claimed he had been the victim of a hate crime. He's a gay black man. And he said two men yelled racial and homophobic slurs at him, hit him, doused him with a chemical, and put a noose around his neck. The Chicago Police Department started investigating. They took two men in for questioning, and then they turned the tables. They accused Smollett of staging that attack and charged him with 16 felony counts of disorderly conduct. Here's the Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson back then. To insinuate and to stage a hate crime of that nature when he knew as a celebrity it would get a lot of attention is just despicable. But Smollett kept saying that he was innocent. He pleaded not guilty. And now his record has been cleared. In a statement, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office said they checked out the facts and circumstances of the case looked at his community service, and the fact that he was going to give up the $10,000 bond he paid, and decided to call it even. Smollett's attorney says this wasn't a plea deal. They said he's leaving the bond on the table because he doesn't want to deal with this case any more than necessary. But the second thing you need to know is, 
The Chicago police do not agree with this decision. This afternoon, the Chicago police and the Chicago mayor doubled down. At a press conference, they said that they stand behind the detectives who investigated this case and the grand jury that indicted Smollett. Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson suggested Smollett made some sort of deal with the prosecutors. He said justice was not served. It's Mr. Smollett who committed this, 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 this hoax, period. And Mayor Rahm Emanuel said it was, quote, a whitewash of justice. This is a person now who's been let off scot-free with no sense of accountability of the moral and ethical wrong of his actions. An important side note, the Chicago Police Department is now undergoing court-supervised reforms after a U.S. Justice Department report found a history of civil rights violations. The investigation was launched after the police shooting of a black teenager, Laquan McDonald. Prosecutors making it seem like the police falsely accused Smollett of lying about a hate crime doesn't exactly help change that image. So that brings us to the third thing you need to know, which is what happens next. Smollett is free to go, no jail time, but it'll be interesting to see if he takes legal action of his own. This afternoon, his attorney dodged a question about whether he'd sue the Chicago police, but she did have this to say. Uh, We have nothing to say to the police department except to investigate charges uh, and not try their cases in the press. Smollett's lawyer said he just wants to focus on his family and his career. He was taken out of the final two episodes of Empire Season after he was charged last month. Fox hasn't commented yet on Smollett's future on the show. While Smollett's employment status is still unclear, there's a group at the Vatican that's given notice. We'll bring you that story next. Throughout Women's History Month, we've talked a lot about the fight for women's rights. One fight that's making headlines today, the entire newsroom of a women's magazine at the Vatican has resigned in protest. The women at Women Church World say the Vatican has been trying to undermine their all-female staff as they report on sensitive issues, like the sexual abuse of nuns in the Catholic Church. The magazine got some global attention last month when they released a blockbuster report about nuns who were abused or raped by priests and sometimes forced to have abortions. That report forced Pope Francis to comment on the sexual abuse of nuns for the first time. Now the editor-in-chief of Women Church World says that led the Vatican's newspaper to publish pieces about women's issues, but with its own editorial slant. And she says the Vatican put their own journalists into her editorial meetings. So the editor-in-chief put all this, including her staff's resignation, in an open letter to Pope Francis. So far, we haven't heard anything from him yet. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the International Space Station about spacesuits. Turns out, size matters. Why that's fun? It's not. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how there was going to be the first all-female spacewalk. Now it's been canceled. Here's why. Astronauts Anne McLean and Christina Koch both needed a medium-sized spacesuit for the spacewalk. And there's only one medium that was prepped and ready for the spacewalk scheduled for Friday. Apparently, spacesuits now only come in sizes medium to XL. Back in the 90s, NASA stopped making spacesuits in size small because of a technical glitch and budget cuts. But today, 12 of NASA's 38 active astronauts are women, and half of McLean and Koch's 2013 astronaut class were also women. So NASA, maybe it's time to start making those smaller size suits again. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for tuning in on this Tuesday night. For more Skim in your life, check out our other podcast, Skim from the Couch. This week, we have an interview with GLAAD CEO and President Sarah Kate Ellis. 
We'll be back here tomorrow, so don't forget to hit subscribe to keep us in your evening routine. And please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. 